0: From Relay FM, this is Upgrade, episode number 35. Today's show is brought to you by lynda.com, where you can instantly stream thousands of courses created by industry experts. For a 10-day free trial, you should head over to lynda.com slash upgrade. MailRoute, a secure hosted email service for protection from viruses and spam, and Making Light. Craft a daily ritual to focus on what
1: matters most.
0: My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by the jet riding, limousine
1: riding, Mr. Jason mm. Snell. I think technically maybe I have done those things today. Because I, I called an Uber to go to the airport. That works as a limousine, It wasn't really a limousine. It was like a Honda Accord or something. But yeah, Toyota Camry. Traveling uh-huh. style. Yeah, hi Mike. How's it going? I am very well, sir. How the devil are you? Oh, it's good to be home. It's good to be back in proper time. I was in evil time for a while, but now I'm back in proper time. Good. On good. the West Coast. Back in the best coast. Back in my chair for the first time in a week. And... uh Glad to have my uh, crazy six weeks of mostly travel behind me.
0: So you've been out in New York and Boston. You recorded uh, a couple of shows
1: with people in person. Did you record Clockwise? uh, I I recorded Clockwise in Lex Friedman's office. (laughs) Right. Um, But Lex wasn't on it. And then, and then, uh, <laughs> well, he didn't really have a two person recording set and I'd already scheduled the guests, so it was fine. He, then he recorded the rebound with Dan Morin and John Moltz, and, and I wasn't on that. I was, I was working while they were in there doing that. Uh, and then at, in Dan Morin's living room, we recorded this week's incomparable, um, and went from, you know, usually we bank an episode for six weeks or something lately. And this one went from recording to posted in about 15 minutes. Mm. Um, and I had to take out one F-bomb that Ms. Caldwell dropped and everybody looked at her, not because she's, you know, language, please. It's a, it's an Avengers reference, but they they looked at her because they knew that this means I had to actually edit the episode (laughs) very poorly. I just like found the F-bomb, took it out and now it just is a jump cut, but I did that and then we did a TV, um... Uh, our Game of Thrones one of the one of the regulars on our Game of Thrones podcast thing is uh, Brian Hamilton. He's in Boston too, so he came over to Dan's place. And Dan Morin and Tony Sindelar and Brian Hamilton and I watched an episode of Game of Thrones and did a little podcast about that. And then I went to sleep and got up at an ungodly hour to come back to the West Coast.
0: You happy to be back in the West
1: Coast? Yeah, it's good to be good to be home. Although it's way warmer in Boston than in uh, San Francisco today. But, Wait, what? You know. That's not that's, how it that's, works. That's not what you well, preach. No, no, that is that is. There's a moment where the switch flips, and suddenly it's um, always hotter in Boston than San Francisco. For half the year, it's always colder, and then it's always hotter. And now they're going to have like an 80 degree day today. So, not like that here. That's okay. That's that's. They're going to be hot and miserable pretty soon. They've had such a terrible winter that they deserve their uh, their little spring that they're getting. Now.
0: I hope you they're don't get the spring. snow. I hope that's not how that works. That does that, not how that works. Okay, good. No, nope. because that would be upsetting. You you'd end up, I think, just stuck in the garage, and you just have to stay there. Yep, that was one of That's those okay. things. By the way, did you notice I said garage?
1: Yeah, yeah. See, it's just like, uh, just like when you you were spelling things, you spelled like. Uh, honor or something without the U and it was just mm-hmm. horrible and now you just said garage instead of garage.
0: Should be garage. I'm sorry
1: everybody. Yeah. Can't help it. Uh, Can't we'll help we'll it. revoke your monocle and top hat if you keep that up. Also Dan Morin who does not have uh, enough, has has not gotten enough of me in the last few days is in our chat room. <laughs> so <laughs> hi Dan. It's been a great week in my fair country by the way. Oh yes? Would, yes I, I hear a royal baby was born.
0: You would be correct and huh? uh, we have Princess Charlotte Elizabeth Diane. Is what we have, which is uh, Diana. I think it's, Sorry, Diana. I think it's Diana. Yep. Sorry.
1: Yeah. Now again, I, I wonder who I wonder who they named that after. Anyway, and Elizabeth. And Elizabeth, yes, of course, that's a good name. Yeah, it's nice. It's, I like these things. Yep. Well, pip pip, and cheerio to you. Congratulations to all of the United England Kingdom. And
0: I don't know and why I felt like I had to mention that. Like they listen, you know, <laughs> but, uh, just <laughs> no. in case. Just on the live stream. Up. Shout out to the Windsors!
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Good, good. <laughs> big, big. Uh, yeah, big week. Nice. Big hey, fans. babies are nice. It's good. It's good that people are, are having babies. That's nice. Keeps the human race going.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, generations of future tabloid journalists are very thrilled that there's another princess in the world now. Indeed, I mean, it feels it, these things do
0: fill me with uh, with pride. Mm. um for for my country patriotism yeah it's nice
1: it is very nice Uh, i like you say patriotism
0: no um oh i don't know anymore i would say
1: patriotism (laughs) but i don't know but you may not be english anymore so yeah all right fair enough who knows
0: who knows should we do some follow-up i think that's a really good idea (laughs) so we have self-identified upgrade pete um i like the club of self-identifiers by the way yes This is something that Pete said, Pete was writing in about his Apple Watch. Uh, My Apple Watch experience got a lot better when I got over the compulsion to return the watch face uh, to the watch face after I was done with an app. Truth is, the watch returns itself to the face after you drop your wrist and wait for a minute or two. And my habit of using an app, finishing and then resetting the watch to the watch face before I dropped my wrist was unnecessary. I've trained myself to use an app and just lower my wrist when it, when I'm done. After a few days, it feels natural. So a couple of things about this. So just to clarify that and wrap it up um, about the idea that like, instead of having to take yourself back to the watch face, the watch will do it itself. Now you can yes. actually change that. Perf- you can change that. I believe. Yeah,
1: in the in the app, you can change where what happens that you go whether you go back to the app or whether you go back to the watch face after some timeout period.
0: Mm-hmm. So I wanted to, I mean, and I have a good tip for anybody that's missed it, you can then just double tap the crown and it will take you back to the most recently used yeah. app, which I've been using a lot. That's a good top tip. But I wanted to bring this up because uh, that is a good a good piece of follow up as just like a, a usage thing from Pete. But I wanted to ask you this, Jason. Uh-huh. i am a little bit neurotic with my phone uh i before i lock my iphone i must return it to the first home screen if mm-hmm. i if somebody takes my phone and they do something and lock it and i see what they've done i have to unlock it put it back to the first home screen and lock it again um so this this idea of the watch doing it itself is, is quite pleasing to me uh, after any utility is done so you know in theory like a, a minute within a minute, there might be things that I'm still doing and the watch is turning itself off, right? So I don't want it to, to do that because it turns itself off so quickly. But I wanted to wonder, one, do you find the idea of it returning to the watch face helpful? And two, what do you do when you lock your phone? Are you crazy like me or are you normal like everybody else?
1: I am not crazy like you um although sometimes i will do that but i'm doing it less because i'm reminded that i don't need to worry about it and and, and the most likely scenario is i might want to go back there soon um, i actually have wondered about putting it back, changing that setting to the returns to the app because i i try not to use apps very much but when i do use them i get a little frustrated that i go back you know a little bit too too much later And then I have to go find the app again, or I guess double tap to go back to the app. I didn't even know about the double tap thing. Somebody instructed me that this little piece of paper that I ignored that was on top of the, or was like in the little envelope with the extra band that says Apple Watch on it, and, and has instructions on how to put on a watch band, which I thought was ridiculous. If you unfold it, on the other side, there's actually like a little... Uh, set of watch tips that I completely, or or it's on that same side. In fact, little watch tips that I missed because it's like you could charge it and it has a watch face, and but it turns out it's also got a little diagram where it says double click for last app, which I didn't know.
0: Yeah, it's like a mini so, user guide hiding in re- there.
1: Yeah, so it's not exactly a manual. It is. It, I'm literally, I think, packing material. But they printed some things on it that are that are kind of interesting. But I don't do that. I I um I don't worry about it anymore. I've learned. It's a learning experience, right? We've been talking about the 1.0 experience and one of those things. I've learned to not worry about where what state my watch is in. That, you know, if if I just put my wrist down, it, it's just it's going to take care of itself. I don't need to worry about it. It's going to roll that up into the notifications list if I ignore it. And it's going to go back to the watch face and everything's fine. So don't worry about it
0: what did you think of the packaging in general we didn't really talk about that last week we both got the sport so bear in mind the sport and the steel they
1: have different packaging they do um i was impressed i think i said on six colors that um you know does anybody box better than apple um make a you can make a floyd mayweather joke here but i'm not gonna do that well done well done. ding ding no you gotta do the two because that would be the boxing bell right ding ding um but they do do such a great job. It's a beautiful box. I mean, it's I I laughed because it's kind of ridiculous. I, I kind of expected it to come in up like a blister pack. Like you know, just there's a watch here and you rip rip it out. I mean, maybe maybe not. But the fact that there's this big heavy cardboard box and inside it there's the long plastic watch, fancy watch box. And inside that is the watch, and then there's this extra little thing um that uh that you pull out that's got the extra a band in it and all of that. I mean, it, it, it's a uh, it's elaborate. It's nice. I mean, this is they're trying to send the message that you know you you're buying a four hundred dollar you know three hundred fifty at least dollar product when you buy one of these. And uh, so I, I I thought it was I was impressed by it. I mean, it's it's theatrical and it's maybe a little bit silly, but. Uh, they do a really great job trying to make you have that feel of like, oh, this is an experience to open this box. And we joke about unboxing and stuff like that. But it is kind of, you do, you just got this thing you spent a lot of money on. It does kind of feel good to have it be, you know, a little unveiling happen in your in your house while, while it's going on. What did you think? So...
0: I want to come back to the box in a moment. I did think mm. that there was way too much packaging in this and it reminded me of all kind of like first as, as Apple's product generations um go <laughs> on the the packaging gets smaller well, and smaller. Yeah. Like um, the
1: original iPad iPod box that big had that big cube and it mm-hmm. had a whole bunch of stuff in it mm-hmm. and I I was taken by the fact that inside the giant thick heavy cardboard box there was a giant plastic thing. Because yeah. I also thought Apple kinda got away from unnecessary plastic in their packaging. So I expected the watch to be in the box, not in a plastic thing in the box. Because it's I mean literally the whole idea was they were simplifying their packaging and using less kind of bad materials. But but um and and it's it's because luxury, as we would say. Yeah. But still you've got a plastic insert inside a plastic box inside a tray inside a giant cardboard box and it, it seems... did kind of overlap with
0: the apple and the environment film you know where they're <laughs> yeah. saying about like how much better they are and i'm sure look i'm sure that all of that stuff
1: is like super like made of recycled materials and all that kind of stuff but it does yeah but Do weird... we need the big Do we need the big plastic thing i guess it's a watch case and they wanted to say look it's just like every other watch it comes with a little watch case that you can that you can have but it seemed kind of wasteful to me but the boxes themselves—the
0: design is probably purposefully reminiscent of
1: Swatch. What boxes? Are you familiar with mm. Swatch watches? Yes, I never—I've never had one, but I—I was Mike. I grew up in the '80s. I am—I am from the Swatch watches. <laughs> so I'm they, from they used that to come era. like laid out flat in these long
0: plastic boxes. Um, like I'll include a Google image search in the show notes so you can see them. Nice. But they used to come in like, and you would open them in the same way, like you pop them open on one side and they would fold open. So it's very similar to that. And and I think that that is a cue. A and, and I'm sure I saw somewhere when uh, there was like some images, I think, in like an AppleCare document or something or on 9 to 5 Max at some point before the watch was released Um, or it might have been WWDC images, something like that that someone was talking about, I think Johnny Ives saying that he used to like swatch watches or something when he was a kid I could have just made all of that up, but we'll go with that anyway. Sure. But uh, they did remind me of that, and I liked it. I thought the, I thought the packaging, I thought the whole unboxing experience, which Apple is so good for, and it's part of yeah. the whole product. Um, I thought that that was a really great. But I would also like to see them slim that down a bit for the next one because it yeah, maybe I- was a bit superfluous in some places.
1: We know they can do this, and they do a great job at it. But it, it did, I yeah. I noticed that it felt like it was one, like one layer too many. And again, you're going to hear from people, like watch people especially, who are going to say, you've got to have the... You've got to have the box. You've got to have the watch box. But they had the big box and then the little box, and it just and it's the big heavy box. It's not like a flimsy outside box that has the. Then you get to the the inner box, and you're like, oh, here's where the real watch box is. It was like a giant box that would normally have a computer in it, and inside that is a plastic box, mm-hmm. and inside that is a is a watch. But it's beautiful and it certainly makes the whole thing an experience and that is part of what this is about and that's what apple excels at so i you know i can't fault them too much but it did it did feel a little bit over the top but it was pretty it was uh, pretty cool and it did, and it took i swear it took less than an hour when people started getting them for somebody to point out that if you um if uh if, if you how should i phrase this if you remove the extra watch band that comes with it that's tucked away in that little thing and then just look at the insert and have a a childish mind a juvenile mind, you will you will laugh because <laughs> there's a shape that is really stupidly juvenile. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I cannot believe that got past quality control because it was everyone a long tweeting it. Everyone yeah, because there's the long part with the with the the watch band, and then there's the, a a more bulbous part. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> kind of like real genius. Yeah. yeah, but it is. It's like real genius. Real genius would say, you know, mm-hmm. can you do that with a watch? Maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Alex wrote in um, to ask us about what we thought about T9 input for the watch. <laughs> this, this is my favorite
1: Apple Watch question ever.
0: So T9 input for people that are maybe not familiar was a type of predictive texting before phones had full keyboards, and you would basically um, you would be able to type with the number pad, and each number, I think from number two onwards, would have a letters add letters associated with it. So be like two would be A B C, three would be D E F, and so on. Yeah. And you would um, before predictive texting, you'd have to type them out. So if you wanted the letter C, you'd have to type the number two three times, but quite quickly, right? So you'd be like, and be like C, and then you go to E, and they're like on three anyway. Uh, Then T nine came along where you would just tap the letters once, and the the phone would work out what you were trying to say. So what Alex is saying is, what about T nine input for? The watch as a way to remove the amount of uh, keys needed to be displayed on screen, and we're already seeing calculators. So in theory, there is enough space. Jason, what do you think about T nine input?
1: I I don't even know how to answer this question. I think it's I I if you know if maybe somebody should write an app that is the T nine app for the Apple Watch, but it just you know I find I I what I'd say is I think voice dictation is is doing is is great, and you also have your phone nearby.
0: I found Siri to be good um i yeah. found
1: the predictive
0: answers to be okay and i've also found the fact that you can set six of your own to be very very useful because i have some messages yeah. that i reply to people that are extremely similar and i now have like canned responses you can do this if you don't know in the messages portion of the uh watch app so the on the watch app on the phone in messages there is a section which says default replies and you can set six default replies yeah. which will show up in the uh default replies when you go for a message sometimes they're at the top sometimes at the bottom I don't know why that happens uh but there you go you can do that so that they're so you, there you, for you
1: what have you put in there like cheers um, mate ahoy telephone my um, everyday
0: my mum texts me and asks me how i am and every time i say i'm all good and send a little X as a kiss that's in there. And then a couple of just standard things that I'll say to my girlfriend. So, yeah, there
1: we go. I think I've
0: spoken maybe on, on other shows, maybe on this show that we have like similar messages that we send each other. Many couples have their own little language that they have, you know, the words that they say. So I have some of those in there as well. That's nice. But we're gonna to get to this. She's bought an Apple Watch for her own, but we're gonna to get to this. This is something I want to talk about today after we thank our first sponsor for this uh, week. Excellent. And that is our friends over at lynda.com, the online learning platform with over three thousand on-demand video courses to help you strengthen your business, technology, and creative skills for a free day ten for a free ten day trial. In fact, go to lynda.com slash upgrade. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot upgrade. Lynda.com is an awesome company. They are there for you when you want to learn new stuff. If you want to solve some problems... Maybe you're curious about something. You've got a new hobby you've been trying to tackle, or you just want to make things. You want to build things. You want to make stuff happen for you. That's what Lynda.com can enable. Maybe you have always wanted to learn Excel properly, or maybe you want to learn Keynote or PowerPoint for an upcoming presentation that you've got. I will be looking at these soon because I've got some presentations and talks that I'm doing, and I want to make Keynote sing. I've never fully understood how to use it to its greatest effect, But I know that I'm going to get some great stuff out of Lynda.com. But going further, like maybe I just want to learn a bit more about presentation skills, right? Because it's not just about how pretty the slides are. You've got to learn to present properly. And doing what I do here is very different to presentations. But Lynda.com has courses and all that stuff. It's for practical things, but also for the things around the practical things. Like, for example, they have... Like management training, right? But they also have negotiation tactics. Then there's courses on body language. There's courses on learning about like color and shading for drawing, but also about like how to use Photoshop, right? So they have different types of ways of coming at a problem. So they have the practical things like the tools, but then also the fundamental ideas that sit behind those tools. It's very good stuff. And you can create your own playlist, right? So if you are looking to try and get into artwork or maybe you want to become a designer or something like that, you can learn how to use Photoshop and you can create your uh, own playlist there so you can put some Photoshop courses in it, you can put some Illustrator courses in, you can also put some foundations of colour courses in there as well you know so you maybe want to put a bit of typography in there as well you maybe you want to watch the Helvetica documentary you can make a playlist out of all of this stuff it's all available on lynda.com you can watch it whenever you want wherever you want you can learn from these top experts when you're on the bus by using their iOS and Android apps as well to watch or you can just save them to watch later on your own desktop and follow along with their fantastic course transcripts your lynda.com membership is going to give you unlimited access to training on hundreds of topics all for one flat rate whether you're looking to become an industry expert, you're super passionate about a hobby or you want to learn something new go to lynda.com slash upgrade that's l-y-n-d-a dot slash upgrade and sign up for your free 10 day trial. Thank you so much lynda.com for their support of this show and all of the shows at FM.
1: All the great shows All the great shows
0: So I'll bump this up uh, in the topic list because I mentioned it now So uh, this weekend my girlfriend ordered an Apple Watch which I was surprised about um, she'd mentioned wanting one. And when we went to the store for the try-on, she really liked it and kind of decided that she was going to get one. But she didn't buy one immediately. She just said that she'd wait. And then I was going to try and pick her one up when I was in San Francisco, right? Because if they're available in the stores then, which could be because it's June time, uh, I could save her some money. But this weekend, uh, after spending some time with some family where I was demoing some of the watch features to people, she looked on the store, saw that the one that she wanted was only two to three weeks shipping, and, and bought it.
1: So I think that's really interesting because that's an example of somebody in the wild seeing, seeing a watch, somebody seeing it and knowing what it is, and then making a choice rather than having it be this, oh, I've seen the ads and maybe the try-on or something like that. But she's actually seen you using it. Like and as well, her her feeling
0: of it is: I'm not really sure if this is going to work for me or if this is going to be something I like. But I want to try it, huh. and because as well, like she always has her phone on silent. Like even phone calls, she just always has it on silent. She goes to her phone when she wants to interact with it. So she says, like, I will maybe only have messages. On there, and she's disappointed that you can't have like uh, iMessage VIPs only show up right. It shows everybody.
1: Yeah, I that that's definitely a feature I wish they had. Yep,
0: I think that's an iOS nine feature for sure. Mm. Um, it's, it's such an easy one. Uh, like VIPs everywhere, right? Everyone that's in your friends wheel was a VIP, and you know, because you can set them different to the favorites on your phone. Like it just seems like a perfect thing to me. Um, so it's interesting that that she's wanted to to do that. Like, I mean, and the, she likes the the stuff, you know, the idea of us being able to communicate with each other in, in fun and new ways, right? And But we're not sure of how well that will stick. If it does stick, I think it will, but we'll see. But she's very much just like, I don't know how much I'll use it, but I, w- I want to try it because I'm interested in it and I think that it might be fun. But I don't know if, you know, if it will be something that works out for me in the long term. And I said to her, look, you've got a 14-day return window. Like, yeah, get it now, and then decide if you like it. You've got two weeks to try it out. And if you don't like it, you can just take it back. It was also funny that the white sport in 38 millimeter was shipping in two weeks, right? It shows uh-huh. the differences, at least here, as to what's shipping, because some of the other models, the 42s, they're like July. Right. So so there you go. I just thought that was really interesting. Because she doesn't have to wait until July to try. I mean, that would be yeah. the worst. So then we would have just waited until I went
1: and picked one up for her, but hmm. but it's great it's going to be here in the next couple of weeks. That's cool. Well, it'll be interesting to see how she reacts and 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 whether she decides she wants to keep it or not. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean I'm I'm enjoying it. I I you know I I got to travel with it this time, which was kind of interesting. I also got to see a couple of models that I that um. So Lex Friedman uh, has a uh, stainless with the Milanese loop. And I got to see that and try that on, and um, that was interesting. I decided. So he's he Lex is in ad sales and wears shirts with collars and buttons <laughs> every day. It seems I am. I am a you know writer, editor, podcaster who wears t-shirts and is a slob. I think the stainless and the Milanese loop looks really nice with like a collared, buttoned shirt. It looks it looks really fashionable to me. It also, in watching Lex's, um, I thought, I don't want that. That's not, it's not for me. So that was, that was good because I, I I had at one point thought of buying the stainless steel watch, not with the Milani's Loop, but, and and I just, I I decided I didn't like the shiny. I really prefer the matted, uh, you know, the matte colors of the, of the sport models. And then Dan Morin has my ordered model. He's got the, um, the 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 black the space gray with black sport band model and it looked good although i have to admit i'm actually a little torn because i i I like the i like the lighter sport model too so i'm not quite sure I, i i i and i've got the voice of matt alexander in the back of my head saying don't have a big black thing on your arm right um and uh, I kind of, I kind of get that—that that it's really heavy because it's dark, you know, it's dark band, dark body, the whole thing. And I'm kind of liking the, the, the light, you know, silvery, uh, matte color of the the sport edition that I've got. So I'm a little torn there. But it was really nice to be able to see those in person. And we had a bunch, of, we had a group of like six people, and half of us had Apple watches. Um, John Syracuse tried my Apple Watch on. It was the first time he's worn an Apple Watch, so that was kind of fun in the movie theater. He was like, "Hey, can I try on the, the the watch?" And so, what did he say? He was just tapping around, and I had him unlock it, and he was just tapping around and looking at it, and he didn't wear it as long. I think he was more concerned about like how it felt on his wrist, and he asked me, you know, how, whether I was comfortable with it and all that. But you know, he he, I don't know. He, I I don't want to speak for him. He didn't he didn't make any declarations, but he was definitely gathering you know gathering intel, gathering information about it because he it's hadn't like, put one uh, on before.
0: I imagine like a Johnny Five input kind of moment you know he's scanning it and just taking a look see
1: what he thinks it could be he he assimilated all data mm-hmm. <laughs> at that moment but he, he didn't uh it was actually sitting next to john watching a movie was really funny because i you know uh, he was uh I was taking note of the the parts of the movie that he that he laughed at the most. It was kind of interesting. I was like oh that one that joke worked for John, and then Dan was on the other side of me, and he would he would laugh out loud at something, and be like that one worked for Dan. It was a little weird because these are people I've don't I've never like watched a uh, gone to the movies with before. So, but we did get a little yes in the movie theater there is an Apple Watch try on program if you happen to be sitting next to me.
0: That's a good service you offer. Yeah,
1: it is. I didn't bring the the little wipe down rag though. I have to say, I I use my shirt.
0: So how's it been traveling with the with the Apple Watch? As you said this week, you you've been out and about. Like, have you, how have you? Do you have any kind of different feelings about it now that you've been out and
1: about in the world? I I feel like moments of brilliance and moments of frustration is a good way to put it. Um, mm. well, I spent a day on on Thursday. I I walked around Manhattan. I spoke at this conference that was at the Roosevelt Hotel. Um, and then I went up to the Bloomberg building and had lunch with some friends and then I walked, I walked across town and saw Lex for a little bit and then I walked you know, much further downtown for a meeting. So I did. I did about pedometer plus plus said you know whatever sixteen seventeen thousand steps and you know seven miles something like that. Like just uh,
0: whatever you know, just just walking around town. That was seventeen well, miles. Know,
1: I, I I had people well seventeen thousand steps seven seven <laughs> miles, but but uh, but it's you know that people were like oh you should take a cab. I'm like, No, it's a nice day and I'm n- never in Manhattan and I'm going to walk because why would I not do that? But um. So I got good things and bad things about it in that experience. One is the GPS uh, proximity, you're like GPS, like accuracy in Manhattan is terrible because all of the tall buildings block the sky, which is what G- where GPS comes from. <laughs> and so the uh, like the maps on my on my wrist was just a disaster. It, it didn't know where I was. It kept saying go to the street while I was on the street. Um, it was not helpful. It, it, it didn't help me. I I used it in Boston. It was much better. I, I was in in Somerville and walking down the street, and it's low buildings, and it was fine. But in the tall buildings in Manhattan, it was just not. It was not any help. That said, I also had some really great moments where the watch I feel like did exactly what it was supposed to do. I was walking up up to Bloomberg um, to have lunch with my friend Kelly, and she texted me to say, "Okay, we're going to meet at eleven thirty at this you know at this location," and I was walking you know with my bag and walking up walking up that direction. Um, and I get the little tap on my wrist and I look and it's the text from Kelly and she says, we're going to meet here. And I went tap. Okay. Sent the okay. Kept walking. Didn't break stride. Didn't stop and pull my phone out of my pocket. Just kept on going. And I thought that is what this is for. That Mm -hmm. is how this is supposed to work. So, so little, little bits of that. And then the the little moments of frustration too. Also, I was listening to, to music and podcasts and I was using the remote, um, app and, uh, and so I was able to like pause and change the volume and stuff like that while without taking my phone out of my pocket. Which that I works really, really like
0: well, too. actually. Yeah, that that works really well. That's very. I find that to be very responsive. Mm-hmm. Um, I I was surprised how well that that did. I actually
1: love work. turning the um the crown to change the volume. That's really neat. Didn't know you could <laughs> do that. Oh, yeah. In the remote glance, if you turn the crown, it makes the volume go up or down.
0: So I just thought you had to tap the plus and minus. No, so really no, you
1: awesome. can use the crown. We're, we're, you're sort of trained that the crown can't do anything because app developers don't have access to the crown. But Apple has access to the crown, so it works in the remote glance. You can do that. Which is neat. So, so I had a good. It was a good experience. It lasted. I never had anything remotely resembling a battery issue. It lasted. I feel like Apple really overshot. I think Apple was so worried about um, p- stories about people's watches running out that they gave themselves a lot of room to to like he- more heavily use the watch than maybe as a, an actual normal profile, um, just to make sure that it could get through the day. And uh, so I never, I I never came close um but uh, yeah i had a i had a good time it was a, it was a nice little addition and and being in you know traveling and being in places where i where i am not usually and uh keeping my phone in my pocket and uh looking at little notifications on my watch it worked great Some, occasionally somebody that i was meeting with would notice that i had an apple watch on and a lot of times they wouldn't because it's just a watch so a little bit of both and then they'd ask me about it and i you know if they wanted to see it i'd show it to them but um a lot of people don't even notice and i like that i i was in a i was at a dinner and you know i got a tap on the wrist and it was one of those moments where i thought this is really good because if i had my pebble everybody would have heard the buzz and seen it light up and instead it was just a tap and i could say i can either you know i can wait until there's an appropriate time to check and see what's going on and nobody needs to know that i got that but me and i like that a lot I, i thought that was really really good because so many notifications are obtrusive um and this was completely unobtrusive, which was uh, that was pretty nice. So I'm liking it. I'm liking it so far. I I'm not liking bringing um bringing another charger with me. Although I I sort of just brought an iPhone plug and the watch plug and that same the same power adapter and did it that way. But um so I could sort of do one or the other. But it is one other cable to bring. <laughs> it's like I gotta gotta bring my watch charger on my trip now, plus my iPhone charger, plus my iPad charger.
0: I have, I bought one, an extra one, and just threw it in my travel bag. Um, yeah. I actually threw the sport one in my travel bag and then had the, the little metal one, which I have it's on nice my table. One. It's so frustrating that that thing does not stick to the table. So I got some like, um, I don't know what you guys call it. Like we call it blue tack. I, I don't know. It's like a, you put posters okay. on the wall of it. Yeah. Okay. Maybe some, it's like a tacky thing. It's not glue, but it anyway it's like it's like like, oh it's like posting like putty yeah yes temporary adhesive type stuff i stuck that to Mm -hmm. the back stuck it to my bedside table so it doesn't move around and every night i just place my watch on it and it doesn't fly Mm -hmm. all over the place i'm gonna get a stand at some point i just haven't decided which one i want to get yet um i like 12 south have a really nice looking one Mm -hmm. which i'm interested in and that's probably the one that i'll get but i don't think they're shipping yet at least i'm still waiting for like an email it's called the high rise for apple watch yeah um so I wanted to go back to something you meant, mentioned a moment ago as well about the lighting up thing because I I yeah. tweeted about this on the weekend and I think it, a bunch of people didn't really get what I was talking about with the Pebble and with the Android Wear watch. I wore both of them. I wore both of them in business environments when I was working in my marketing job. When you get a notification on those things, they light up. And yeah. and originally when I got the Apple Watch, I thought, oh, that's going to be frustrating because it doesn't do that. You have to raise your wrist, but. The reason Apple has the wrist raising is primarily because of battery life. That's why I expect that that exists, right? So it doesn't, by not lighting up the screen every time you get a notification, it probably keeps the sure. battery life down. But there is also a hidden utility in that because when I was sitting, I was talking to somebody or sitting down at a meeting and my screen would light up, people would look at it. And also, especially with the Android one, because it's big, bright color screen like the Apple Watch is. mm uh-huh. It would draw people's attention away. So it was actually not just affecting my attention because it was vibrating on my wrist, it was affecting other people's attention because it would draw them to the wrist as well. And also, people can read what's on there, which is typically not what you want. So the tapping thing is so good for that because I know it's there, there's no screen light up to tell me that anybody else is there or to break my attention even further, and then I can come to it when I need to. There is a real utility in that which is apparent once you've used a competing type of device, I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can also do this with, you know, your phone in silent mode in your pocket, although even then you can often hear silent phones vibrating everywhere. Yeah, this is totally not the same as
0: that. I have, um... Yeah, I agree. If if the watch is against something, it makes an ungodly noise. I don't know if you've come across this yet so like for example if uh you know if me and my girlfriend are watching a movie in bed and i have my hand behind my head so it's resting on the headboard if the watch goes off it's like rah, it's crazy it's a crazy sound huh. but you know but it has to be resting against something i
1: think yeah for i've, that I've never up. experienced that because i it's in do not disturb basically by the time i take it off and it stays there until morning
0: yeah, but this is like in the day or in the morning or in the evening. Like it's not like night, bedtime,
1: bedtime, yeah, you know, but it's against. Yeah, uh, I don't know.
0: I, I haven't experienced that, but that might be true. That's but yeah, interesting. It, it can it can go crazy oh. for it, but uh, it, but it's it's not so much it's madness. What, one of my favorite things is when you get like a heartbeat thing from someone and you look at it and you can see the whole thing shaking. Have you seen that? <sighs> No, like if you look really closely, you can see the watch like shape vibrating, right? Because it's got this intense like, which is you know is natural. But you, if you look at just the like the edge, you can see it shaking when the when the when the vibrate when it vibrates for the heartbeat or something. Wow, I, I don't have mindset well. to the extra super boost either. Um, so I don't know. Maybe mine is really sensitive, but I don't think that it is. Uh, but yeah, because you can actually you can bump it up, can't you? You can say like give me Oh no, I have my haptic strength at to the top, but I don't have the prominent haptic one. So maybe hmm. maybe mine is stronger than yours in general. I don't know if you change the strength of your haptic
1: I have it feedback. at I have it at max but not the prominent yeah, uh you know the pre pre buzz thing. Yeah. So, but it works well. I, I am I am experiencing the
0: feeling of haptic taps. Uh, not sorry, not haptic. Phantom taps. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, phantom taps. Where yeah. you're convinced
1: that you got a tap, but there's no tap there. Uh huh. Do you? Have you had that feeling? Have you had that experience? Uh no. I've actually been really happy to not have had that experience. Because I, mm. I expected I would, and perhaps I will, but I haven't had it yet. I, I haven't been convinced that there's a there's a a tap there when there isn't one.
0: How are you feeling about the watch in general? Like are you overall happy because i know you said you obviously you've got some things that are frustrating but overall
1: are you feeling good about it i am feeling good about it i mean i'm wearing it all day i'm using it it's not frustrating me in the sense that you know it's not running out of battery it, it i i used the pebble for a couple of years so i'm going from that and the integration listening to you on last week's connected talking about how you know pebble just couldn't integrate with ios very well at all and apple gets to control the platform and control the watch and so it's better integrated it's still got moments where it reminds me of pebble where like the weather app is closed in the background and is no longer updating the temperature and the temperature is wrong or the location is wrong i I went from new jersey to new york city and it still had lex's hometown listed for a while as my weather (laughs) and i thought why is that not updated and that was that was something pebble did a lot which is you know rely on an app that to be open that got closed and the you know iOS needs to do a better job of saying oh somebody wants to know what that app has to say i need to reopen it so i can get data from that app but generally i yeah i'm enjoying the experience it's comfortable to wear it doesn't feel like i'm wearing something outlandish it feels just like i'm wearing a watch um i find value in what it has to offer i feel like uh some of the apps are really interesting a lot of them are not interesting but that's okay um because we also know that the developers just don't have that much you know and that many tools in their in their in their in their paintbrush. You know, or in their paint. What is it? I was going to say an arsenal, but uh, to- arsenals don't hold tools; they hold weapons. And that was a mixed metaphor. So instead, I just destroyed the metaphor entirely. You know what I mean? They 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 don't have that many tools to use to build these apps right now, and they built them all side unseen. And you know, like I know Marco Armet is working really hard to do uh, an entirely new approach now that he's seen the the actual watch like he had his here's what it's going to be theoretically and then he gets the watch and he's like oh no uh i should do some things differently and i think that a lot of developers are doing that too so i think we're it's just such early days that um it, it's uh i'm enjoying it but i'm also appreciating that it's got a long a, a long way to go how about you are you uh li- liking
0: it happy about it it's part of my life now like it's look at that it's it's just part of like f- first thing I do when I wake up in the morning is put the watch on because now that's the way that like my watch and phone work together right it makes sense uh, because together they like when the watch is on my phone is fine again because it's usually in do not disturb mode so pretty much the, all the time now like before it was just in the evenings but now I don't need my phone to do anything. Because my watch can can tell me about the things I want to be told about. Um I'm I'm trying to still get to the point where I'm happy with the notification balance. Like there are still things that are coming through where I'm like, ah, do I really want those to come through? Like I get enough email that I would prefer it to not bother me every time. But I right. also like to be able to just archive email from the watch. Or, like, set them to show up tomorrow in Mailbox. So I'm, like, trying to work out, shall I just have them not tap me? Or, like, you know, I'm still (laughs) trying to work out, like, how do I want that balance to work? I have no mail notifications right now.
1: None. None. I
0: I like to be notified about email. um, Because there are things that come through that I like to jump on immediately. Sponsor requests, for example. I like to get to those straight away. Um I could set up my email to be more smart to try and work that stuff out, but I'd, I might go down that route if I decide to keep notifications on. I haven't, de- I just haven't decided yet about how I want to deal with hmm. that. Um, I've just been told that I've earned another hour towards my stand goal, which is nice. That's always
1: good to know. Oh, good for you. Yeah. I, it just told me to stand. It told me every hour on the plane, stand up now. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I, I actually
0: want to talk to you about that. Um, the, the fitness stuff in a minute um, to see how you feel about that kind of stuff but yeah I, I'm just trying to work I'm, that balance that, that balanced notification I really want to uh, really want to work out more and I do feel now that I keep saying it but there there has to be better support in iOS 9 for, for developers to be more fine ground about the notifications and stuff like that I think that that is a must and it is real low hanging fruit now again Um yeah. So I, I really hope that we see more of that now I want to take a break and i'll but I want to talk to you about being out in the real world and with the with the watch a little bit more and people's reactions to it but also the activity fitness stuff because me and you haven't really spoken about that at all mm-hmm. um, but before we do that we have a, a great sponsor a great new sponsor and this is making light now Jason I believe that you should be familiar with these with I, these guys.
1: Uh- I am familiar with these guys. I've been talking to these guys for a little while, and they've sent me some of their uh, sent me some of their stuff that that my family and I have have enjoyed. So I'll ask you about that in a moment. But let me okay. tell
0: tell the upgrade listeners what making light is. Making light is a company that helps us focus. It can help you focus because we have distractions all around us today and many people that listen to this show, like me and Jason, we are creative workers and sometimes you really need the focus to get your work done within the time you need it done, right? Um, but it's the same as like, no matter whatever work you do, you do, sometimes you just need to make sure that you can get what you want done when you want it done and that helps if you're able to focus your attention. And we have a bunch of different ways that we try and focus our attention. We, we find apps, right, to help us with this stuff or we we engage like our senses so we maybe find the perfect cup of coffee or tea for taste. We find the great playlist for sound. You know, we we get lovely clicky keyboards, so it feels good when we write, you know, the, t- the touch sensation. But what about scent? Now, this is something that we don't really think about. I'd never really thought about before, but this is something what Making Light can help you do. And let me explain why that's great. Making Light is a subscription service that sends really high quality candles right to your door, allowing you to create a new ritual in your day or a new thing that can help you just switch on that last ounce of focus once you light a candle it's time to write or meditate or whatever else deserves your focus at that time i was really surprised about how well this has worked for me and when i am like when i need to crunch on something now like i'm sitting down i have some show prep to do or some like where if i have to write a script for inquisitive or something like that and i'm struggling with it i grab a making light candle i light them up and it changes the room and that change and that, like, that feeling of knowing that once I light this candle, I have, like, two hours here in which I really need to get this done. It's been a really interesting thing. Now, Jason, tell me what you've thought about the the products that you've received from Making Light.
1: Well, so we, we got them and my um, my daughter was excited about it. And, and what we decided to do was try to do something, like, in the evening and... and uh... And light a candle, and my my like I said, my daughter was really excited about doing that, and so we we had we actually had some matches from uh, from Matt Alexander. Speaking of whom, um, and now uh, it it was I I really like the idea. The they they have different scents that are kind of interesting, and they're they're pretty. They're in these little metal uh, little metal containers, and I like the idea. It actually reminded me of when Casey talks about vinyl. And talks about the ritual and how there's power in that. I think that, you know, we are, you know, these things exist for a reason because they do focus us or stop and make us contemplate. And whether it's something like trying to be more productive at work or trying to take some time out of your of your schedule to, to just, you know, set the mood or change the mood a little bit. Um, I, it's a really interesting... Um, I, I, not to liken it to something like a tap on the wrist telling you to stand up but it's a little bit like that it's like it's it's like a t- uh a, an opportunity to take a pause and uh reflect a little bit and just change your path a little bit in your day and uh and that's been kind of a kind of a fun experience and like i said my daughter is also just obsessed with the fact that they all the candles smell different um so she enjoys she enjoys that part of it too
0: each month with making light you receive um enough that you're going to get yourself 22 hour rituals of focus you can light maybe 20 days or something like that cuz the the candles have got in them enough for for that kind of burn this comes in the form of two candles a box of wooden matches and a preview sample of next month's featured fragrance each candle is poured by hand by a small family company in Indiana they have a fantastic workshop which you can see on their website they are they have over 40 years of history in candle making they have the skills the people and the tools to make you something truly Special. They're made from 100% botanical soy wax, fragrances infused with essential oils and all that lovely stuff. Making Light costs just $24 a month with free shipping anywhere in the USA. They have Canadian shipping for an extra $5 a month and UK shipping for an extra $10. Listeners, this show can get $5 off their first order with the promo code UPGRADE. So go find out more for yourself at makinglight.us. And if you need any more convincing, they have a really great and fun video that you can watch there too. Um, it's featured front and center on the website. Just click the play button. You can check it out thank you so much to making light for supporting this show and all of relay fm fun sponsor yeah that's a lot of fun so have people noticed the watch on your wrist in the world did anybody asked you anything people that maybe know nah. about the stuff or don't know
1: well okay so like on the flight this morning the guy sitting next to me had a an ipad in a um in one of those uh, keyboard shell things that turns it into a lap a, a laptop. Um, and I was thinking, wow, that's hardcore. First, I was like, what kind of laptop is that? It looks like some kind of knockoff MacBook Air. And then I looked at the screen and I thought, that's an iPad. This is one of those crazy hard shell turn your iPad into a laptop thing. Uh, he noticed, but, you know, he was proven at that point to be a, 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 a apparently a hard, fairly hardcore Apple person because he would turn his iPad into a, that's pretty hardcore, I think. Um, I had other people who had no idea at all. And then other people who noticed, but it took them a long time. Um, and I, you know, I don't know how different people process people wearing watches. And it's also like, am I wearing it where I've got a sleeve over it versus, um, versus not, it is a very bright green wristband. I have no idea whether that, um, that ties into it or not, because like I said, I usually am wearing like a black leather band and it's, intentionally as boring as possible but um i don't know i mean I, people would ask about it and and say you know how do you like it and all that but a lot of people didn't even notice too so i think because it's a watch you know it the watches come in all shapes and sizes and i'm not sure john gruber wrote about this i'm i i'm not sure anybody um who isn't a watch person or these days an apple person even notices watches
0: i think the uh the, the bright bands are more noticeable. If you have one of the metal bands or the leather bands, I think yeah. the watch is more inconspicuous. But that I great. think these, these bright sport bands draw attention to them, and then when people have their attention drawn, they see what it is. Because I've had people ask, like... Um, I've had some friends ask when we've been out with friends and stuff. They notice it. And I've had a couple of people that I don't know ask me what I think, like in stores and stuff. I have had more of that. But I think it's because I have this really bright blue watch on my arm. Um, Yeah. What about the activity and fitness stuff? Have you been using any of it? Have you used the workout app? Are you, are you checking out your fitness rings? Like, is any of that
1: landing with you? uh not yet um i actually didn't realize that you had to trigger a workout for it to for it to like notice that you went for a hike or 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 a walk um so i haven't used that feature um, well, it, i've been tra- it, it
0: does this exercise thing that i haven't worked out yet and that doesn't come yeah. from the
1: workouts but i don't know where that's coming from yeah the 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 tracking the tracking yes i've noticed that and it, it's a, it's another little prod although again when you're traveling like i i I had my day in New York where I could walk around a lot, and I had other days where I couldn't do anything. I couldn't go anywhere. And uh, so I still have to – I'm actually thinking that this week is, is going to be my chance to do um, to do a little more exploration with that because I just haven't. I, I've been noticing the standing goals, and uh, honestly, I've been so focused on the, you know, on, on the, the traditional pedometer kind of metrics that the rings I've – uh, I I I'm not quite sure how to interpret them yet. I feel like their initial settings are also, or at least how I initially set it, it was for really like I was giving the watch low expectations because I would have days on this trip where I felt like I didn't do anything, and it's like you're at your goal, and I thought, wow, was the goal to just keep breathing? Because I did that, but I did very little more than that. So I I, I haven't I haven't gotten that piece of it yet. I, I'm I'm intrigued by it, but I I just haven't. I haven't taken advantage of it at all. I would say at this point, I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to say like uh, like Marco said on ATP this week that you know he just doesn't you know exercise. <laughs> I, I I do a little, but um, but uh, I I haven't. I've got other things, other tools that I use to kind of meter my my progress, and I haven't yet figured out how to ad, you know adapt or, or replace those with things that come from the watch.
0: So. I have been more noticeable of this kind of stuff because the activity app is there and it's it's pointing me to things. I have yet to do much about it, but I'm more conscious of it than ever before, so that's probably a good thing. The standing stuff, I am very much enjoying that it is making me do that because I am standing, I'm getting up and walking around the house more often than I did before, so it's having an effect on my life, which is a good one, but it's also weighing on my mind more about how active I am in the day, that's probably a good thing. And the fact that it's there just giving me these very gentle reminders. Like, it's not going... I don't feel like I'm being bullied by the watch, right? But I feel like it's reminding me, like, hey like it says you, you know you should maybe focus on moving around a little bit more today you know you, you haven't yep. it's it's like we're, we're like a, i saw one that was like we're approaching the evening and you're less than halfway like to your move goal so maybe you should do something about that um and so it's like yeah okay that's that's quite cool i like that so i'm thinking more about it which is probably the the a benefit about the watch that i haven't really fully realized yet but it's probably a good one
1: yeah, I, I and again, one of the most powerful things can just be to say, "Hey, you know, uh, get to get your attention." It's what we were talking about with the sponsor earlier. It's just, just a break. Just you know, think about this. I, I I've I've written about using an app, um, break time on my Mac to do the same thing. To basically say, "Hey, you should you should take a break. You should get up." Just just you get in the zone sometimes, and you think, "I got a lot of work to do. I'm going to move to this now. I'll do this now. I'll do that." And to have somebody. Um, tapping you on the shoulder or the wrist and say, uh, "Do something else." Or did you know that you need to walk more today? You haven't really, you haven't really been that active today. You should, you should do something about that. Uh, that's good. That that is useful, and that's you know, it's not going to cure you of you know your sedentary lifestyle, but it can make you stick your head up and say. Um. Oh yeah. Right. I I have been meaning to do that thing that I never get around to doing, and uh, maybe it, it improves your chances of, of of remembering to do it. So, do you want to move on? Yeah. I I don't think I've got I don't think I've got anything more about the watch right now, other than to say what we you know sort of what we said before. I like it. I'm enjoying wearing it. it, it it's it, I I find it useful. I I don't know if I you know it's definitely not a must have kind of product it's not it's a fun it's a fun product but the, you know the pebble wasn't a must have either it was fun and interesting and it allowed me to change the way i interact with my wa- my my phone and reduce some of my interaction with my phone and let me i also have um, i guess this would be the other thing i would say I, I mentioned this last week i really like the ability to put my phone down somewhere where i'm not and know that I can attend to a lot of what it does without it. I like that. I like that if I'm in another room, I know if something comes through. I don't need to have my phone with me. I can, I can plug my phone in. I can leave it on the counter and not worry about it. I really like that. I, like, I feel a little less uh, tethered to it, and I know that's funny because the watch is tethered to it, but I feel less like... I'm cut off from this important information source if I don't have it with me. So I I like I like that part of it. I don't love when the phone rings and I have to decide whether I'm going to run to get the phone or if I'm going to answer on my watch because I still haven't gotten over answering on my watch seeming like a ridiculous thing to do.
0: I I've done it a bunch and I think it's fine.
1: All right. We'll see. I I just I got to get I got to get used to that idea of of that, answering it on my watch is a thing that I can actually do without just rolling my eyes, <laughs> thinking that I'm a ridiculous person. So, um, but but you know that that it's just the feeling it, the, for this watch, you know, to be successful. One of the ways for it to be successful, there are probably lots, is to change your relationship with your phone and make it make it that your your phone time is is a little more. Um, it comes with meaning that your phone time is there because you want to uh, do something on your phone and have it less that because that's the only way to interact is through the phone. So you pull the phone out and now you're checking all your different apps um, to like put one more like depth between you and and the and the phone and being able to take it out of your pocket and know that if something really comes up you will know about it but you don't need to have the whole thing in your pocket all the time and i have already noticed some of that so that's that's kind of a fun experience to go through
0: i think the people i think kind of get used to just hearing a lot of this stuff right like this reminds me of when i used to listen to podcasts when the original iphone came out there is lots to say about it. People have lots of thoughts about it and lots of thoughts on it. And it's kind of, this is how it's going to be. Like, like people are going to keep talking about it and we're going lots to keep having changing opinions on it. <laughs> and it's like, then an app's going to come out that we want to talk about. You know, it's it's going to be an interesting, uh, an interesting kind of feeling. And, and I think it's something we're just going to have to get used to.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think so. But it's fun. I mean, we, and we talked about it last week, the 1.0 thing. I I love, I love that this is new because we're all experiencing it and we're all, we're all um, learning things about ourselves and how we, what our relationship with our phone is and how having something on our wrist can be different. There are people who, like Marco, who have never, you know, worn a watch, who are now wearing a watch and they are experiencing like what? what is a watch about right or there and then there are other people who have that realization like oh yeah this is why um people do wish wrist watches instead of pocket watches it is easier to check the time when you can glance at your wrist instead of pulling something out of your pocket and you know everybody's having different experiences of how it fits in their lives and this is this is where the rubber meets the road in terms of like how technology affects people the floral asthma meets the road where the fl- yeah, thank you. <laughs> yes, this is where the fluoroelastomer meets the road, Mike. You you nailed it. Ding. <laughs> um and and but you know, because this is this is new tech that we're not entirely sure of how it works and how it's going to fit into our lives. And we get to, and and in changing things about our lives it, it it reveals things about how we live our lives and that 's really interesting too so that 's the fun of being on the on the cutting edge of being a gadget nerd and uh, having these new these new gadgets that that uh, people haven 't had before or people in our community haven 't had before and uh, prior to a couple of years ago people haven 't had that 's that 's a lot of fun um, it 's not for everybody, but I love it I love that we 're all you know we all have opinions and they differ somebody on twitter the other day i I, I made a statement on Twitter the other day that um I feel like it was based on what our conversation was. I feel like the app stuff is still too prominent, and that and that I'd almost rather not have an apps display at all, and have the last uh, pane of the glances be an app list, <laughs> rather than have a, than have an apps honeycomb thing, because I feel like. Glances are really good. Between glances and notifications, you should be able to get to apps. <laughs> and that that manually going and launching an app seems kind of ridiculous to me. And somebody on Twitter said, "I completely disagree. I hate glances and I love going to the app picker." And she might be right. Uh, you know, she she and I might be both have valid opinions. I might be Right, I might be wrong. It, it, we don't know. We we don't know whether one of us is an oddball, or whether we're fifty fifty, or whether one of us, you know, two two weeks down the line, goes, "Oh no, now I get it." Um, we don't know, and that's fun. Uh, I love that. I love I love that about this this part of life cycle of a product. So
0: now I have more to say about apps. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, I definitely stand by my feelings that like calling it the home screen and having it be like, this is, I'm still getting used to it and I still think it's kind of weird. But anyway, in now leaving my phone around the house and me being in different places in the house, there are sometimes I need to check things and like, let's say I want to read an email, right? That's come through and I'm like, I want to just see what that says. I can open up the mail app and read it, right? And I can mark it as unread and come back to it again later. Or if I want to send a text message or I, there's like, a chain of messages come through and I've dismissed them, but now I wanna go back in and read them and do something about them. I can open the messages app and get to that. Or if I want to check what's coming up on OmniFocus, I've been doing that a bunch and I can open the OmniFocus app to do that. Or I've added like, I use Due for like alerts and reminders for certain things that are happening later in the day. Like I'll remember to take out the trash in 20 minutes. I don't really put that stuff in OmniFocus. I can open Due, use Siri and say, remind me to take out the trash in 20 minutes. It does all the text passing that it usually does. And then we'll just... it it, it quite simply adds it in and then remind me in 20 minutes like i've i've started to use some of the apps a little bit more um and i'm starting to see more utility in some of them that are designed really well
1: yeah yeah they're they're not they're not bad at all um and some of them are incredibly clever i just feel like i think there's this question of how do you get to them and like my number one way to get to an app is that i tap on a glance or a notification or, or that's maybe number one and number two Sometimes I go out and fish for an app in the sea of little app icons, so you know maybe we'll get used to it and realize that it's really great, or maybe at some point Apple will be like, "Oh yeah, this isn't the right metaphor here, but um we'll see, but it's um it's interesting i am I am surprised at how i I feel like developers talk down the capability of these apps so much that I'm now surprised when they do things <laughs> that's a good point. So good job developers for saying, No, 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 we can't do anything with WatchKit. Sorry. No, can't nope. Just don't don't go and get your hopes up because there's nothing literally nothing we can do. It's just gonna be a big spinning thing that says, wait for better apps to come later this year. And then you get the apps and you're like, Oh, I look, look at what it's doing. It gave me the baseball score or it lets me control my podcast playback, even though, you know, it's not super powerful. It's And we know what's happening behind the scenes and how it's kind of being driven by the iPhone. But in the end, um, they, they can be cool. They're not all cool, but some of them are, are very cool. So
0: you have something else that you just threw in a document here. That yeah, I'm I just threw in.
1: I, I just want to mention this, um, and this wasn't in our document. But um, so Dan Morin uh, has an Amazon Echo. I, I told him he should buy one and write about it for Six Colors, and then you know, uh, and and if he didn't like it and regretted it, <laughs> we would pay for it because you know, he, I I wanted to write about it sometime. And it's um, if people don't know, it's this little tube, metal tube that is like um, it's like Siri in a tube, um. It's Siri embedded in a Bluetooth speaker, essentially. So um, it's got it's got access, it's voice control. It's got access to Amazon's kind of like cloud stuff behind it. Um, it and I, I just wanted to say that I saw it and it was kind of neat. Like it's not going to win any awards for best speaker or anything, and yet you know it was it sounded pretty good. And it's a Bluetooth speaker, and then you can do stuff like, um, especially since Amazon has the, their Prime Music library which is a pretty decent library of music it's nothing fantastic but it's it's pretty decent um, and dan was showing me you can just say um and and that device is called um Alexa um so i, I guess i'm going to say ahoy ahoy tube <laughs> um play I don't jazz think, i
0: think dan is the only person that's going to have this yeah. problem <laughs> yeah I'm gonna, okay
1: well let me put it this way i'm going to play jazz in in dan's house now cuz you say alexa play some jazz And Alexa says, playing some jazz music from Amazon Prime Music. And it just plays jazz or and it's it's tied into i think it's got a pandora integration um so you can have it play music you can ask it the typical siri things it's not quite as good as siri like with siri you can you can kind of stumble around and say you know did the giants play tonight and it'll say oh the san francisco giants beat the you know beat the los angeles dodgers tonight um with alexa you have to say it more specifically than siri siri gives you more latitude um but that all said i think i think it's a cool idea and the microphone is really good like you can be a couple rooms away and um and it will pick up your 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 command and you can it's got a little light ring on the top so when you say the name the ring sort of spins and then so it's like like the little spinning Siri icon except it's on the top of this device so you can see it mm-hmm. um so it's a, it's a neat idea it was a lot of fun and dan has a wemo light uh timer switch thing which uh so you could say um Alexa turn off the light and the light turns off and she says okay. Oh uh, that's and I thought nice. that was I thought that was pretty cool too. And they just announced if this then that uh integration or as you like to say if if <laughs> Yeah, Marco was um, upset they didn't
0: give enough teas.
1: Not enough teas. There's so lots if- of teas at the end there. If if this and that integration means you can do things like right now you can say Alexa put Put marshmallows on my shopping list, and she'll put it on the marshmallows or on the amazon shopping list um, but there's if this then that integration, so your shopping list and your to do list can get pushed to to-do list apps and reminders and things like that. They don't have to just stay inside sort of Amazon's little ecosystem. And my thought was, uh, and Dan Dan mentioned this too. So Dan's thought was, and I agree with it, I'll put it that way, full credit to Dan. Um, it actually feels like a product that should be made by Google or Apple in the sense that they have better ecosystems behind them. <laughs> Amazon, it's a little bit weird. It's like, I, you know, Amazon, I don't think of Amazon as providing a to-do list for me, right? <laughs> there are other options. But the if this, then that stuff makes it uh, kind of gets it out there into a wider wider bit of integration so it 's a weird product and you still have to sign up to be invited to buy it, which is also weird but um I kind of thought it was cool again, in the sense a little bit like what we were talking about with the apple watch I, it certainly doesn 't seem necessary, but um, it 's fun and you know it 's also it 's also a Bluetooth speaker, I believe, so you can also just play things through it um, in this through this metal tube um, even if you 're not telling it what to do with your voice so anyway i thought it was neat and and uh it turns the light on and off i thought that was a lot of fun so we tried
0: to dan's really annoyed because it worked he's in the chat room now and he's telling telling us that (laughs) it did do it so maybe we should say like hey alexa
1: turn off the light and just see what happens oh yeah that'll turn off dan's light it's true (laughs) um Um, uh, hey hey uh alexa add marshmallows to my shopping list (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, Dan. It's like I'm still there, Dan.
0: What, what I don't understand though is why the naming thing is so crazy to me. Because you can't set your own name, which I'm sure it said you could in
1: the product you can say video. you can say you. I believe you can only set Amazon and Alexa as the name. Yeah. So point.
0: I don't know why they call it the Echo. It doesn't make any sense. Like if you can call it either Amazon or Alexa, why is it not called the
1: Amazon Alexa? I think the reason that they used it is they wanted to personalize it, and they wanted a series of sounds that is less likely to be vocalized in normal speech in English. But yeah, I, I think g- I really think sense. that that's the reason. It's like so to avoid the ahoy telephone problem, right? But,
0: but then why do they call it the Echo?
1: Uh, I because you talk and it says things back to you. But do, no, but you like, why not call I, it Alexa? I, like Siri I, I, is called I, Siri. I almost wrote in well, or maybe Alexa as Amazon's intelligent agent technology, but they don't um, want to cool But the product then? is not that. I don't know. Dan reports that his lights not on. Alexa, turn the light on. <laughs> Take that, Dan. <laughs> so, but you know, yeah, it's it's a it's a weird product. But um, and actually, one of my thoughts was, what if a next generation Apple TV did that? Right? What if it was tied in? What if it had ties to Apple's? services. And even when the TV was off, what if you had the ability to instruct it and have it tell you things? I don't know whether that is something Apple wants to do or if that's a little too far afield for a TV product, but it struck me that that there's there's maybe a product category there and that it's kind of funny that Apple and Google aren't making that product because I think they've got more of the technology behind it than Amazon does. And yet Amazon is the one who's made this product because Amazon is crazy and will make anything apparently. But I thought it was cool. It was a lot of fun to play with, at least. And and it's got an iOS app, so you can actually look, and an Android app. Um, and you can look and see, like, you can go through past past things that you've said to it, stuff like that.
0: Yeah. Is a review coming?
1: I don't know. <laughs> Dan is saying he's unsubscribing from our show. I, I don't know. I, I It would be nice... Uh, I, did he write about it on six colors he may have I I've been traveling so much that um he has he he wrote about it once I wonder and and he mentioned it in a um clockwise in clockwise 84 he talks about it a little bit but maybe there's more there or maybe there isn't in this ween or know. maybe Dan is uh is tired of us Dan just texted me a uh, a picture of all the terrible things that we've been doing to his uh his Alexa Can
0: we get that oh. picture in the show notes
1: yeah, yeah, he just sent me his uh, shopping list with marshmallows on it. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope that Dan's the only person, because otherwise we're going to have another
0: one of these. Again, we're going to have to go numbers. to Ahoy Metal Tube if we have to. Yeah. That may have to happen. I really hope that like, there is a small overlap
1: of yeah, people uh, that, that have that. Oh God, instance, well. if, we've, if we've gotten in trouble for this, then At least i it wasn't like me apologize this time. now. Who's got an Amazon Echo? Come on. There can't be that many people who've got that.
0: I'd like to think so. Uh, we do actually have one more small topic this week that we're going to talk about at the end of the show. Yes. Because it's about, we're going to talk about um, Age of Ultron. Yes. But we don't want to talk about it now because no, people not not seen, seen it. the
1: movie. Not everybody wants to hear us talk about movies and not everybody has seen it.
0: Exactly. So we're going to do um, our our ask ask uh, ask oh my word what's happened to me today at, you
1: said ask yeah our Boy, ask... we're going to have you saying uh, axe pretty soon <laughs> axe upgrade <laughs> no, never that will not ever happen <laughs> good I hope not we're going to do our, our our ask upgrade segment. ask upgrade yes. ask upgrade
0: which is brought to you by our friends at MailRoute make... Jason please tell the people
1: oh MailRoute you know so we just did um uh, an incomparable about about Age of Ultron and I I um in talking about mailroute i suggested that if you imagine a worm, a worm a world without spam viruses or bounced email perhaps you're imagining the age of ultron where ultron filters all your spam but no this is a this is not a, a dystopia it is a utopia it's a it's a it's the real world um up, uh, upgrade listeners can get a very special deal on mailroute by the way so listen at the end of this uh explanation but let me tell you how um how upgrade i want to call it upgrade mailroute works MailRoute is uh, uh, kind of a magical service. It lives in the cloud. You don't have to buy any hardware or software. You don't have to install or maintain anything. You point your MX record for your domain. This is the thing that tells the internet where your email should go. And it go, you point it at MailRoute. MailRoute takes in everything that comes in across the transom of the internet, all the junk, all the spam, everything that you don't want and everything that you do. And then their smart servers filter it out. They know what spam looks like. They know what viruses look like. Those never get delivered to you. And then the stuff that is good that you do want does get delivered to you. So your email server and your inbox. Never see the bad stuff. The bad stuff doesn't go in your spam folder that is on your computer. It never gets there. It doesn't have to take time to download that stuff. That junk just never even appears. It stays up on MailRoute, and there's some nice uh, tools for you to check and see what got filtered, if you want to check and and see if something got misfiltered. I I almost never see something get misfiltered, maybe once a month. And then with one click, you can whitelist that sender and automatically have it delivered to you. So, as a desktop user, makes me happy. If you're an email administrator or an IT professional, they have all the tools, fully buzzword compliant, everything that you need for somebody who's going to provide a mail uh, a, a mail service to you. There's an EP, there's an API for easy account management, support for LDAP and Active Directory, TLS outbound relay, mail bagging. Alexa, please bag my mail. Add, Alexa, add mailbagging to my to-do list. <laughs> <laughs> Everything that you'd want from people handling your mail, it's in there in MailRoute. And here is the previously foreshadowed deal. This is not valid for Ultron, by the way. This is only valid for humans. Uh, not valid for Alexa either, frankly. Uh, you go to MailRoute.net, uh, mail, slash upgrade, MailRoute.net, slash upgrade. That's the name of the show. That's how they know that we sent you. You, you will get a free trial you will get 10% off. You will not get 10% off your first order or 10% off an order. You will get 10% off the lifetime of your account by signing up. And and there is a free trial, so you can give it a shot, even if you're not sure. Before you buy, you can give it a shot and test it out and find out if it's right for you. MailRoute.net slash upgrade. And thank you so much to MailRoute and not to Ultron uh, for sponsoring Upgrade and supporting Relay FM. Thank you,
0: MailRoute. So I have a few... Uh, ask Upgrades for us. Mm-hmm. So this one comes from Upgradey and Robert. I have a question regarding iCloud Drive and the OS ten documents folder. I was thinking of moving my entire documents folder, only 3.4 gigabytes to iCloud Drive to have access to all of my documents from anywhere that I am. Do you believe that this idea, placing all of my documents in iCloud Drive, makes for a sound strategy? Does iCloud Drive work like Dropbox in that sense? I assume there would still be a local copy on my Mac that I could continue to back up with Time Machine and Carbon Copy Cloner. As someone who's been reviewing Yosemite, iCloud, and all of its options, I'm curious as to your opinion. This is a good one. um, Because I haven't even considered this. But it makes sense in theory, because then apps that you use on your iOS devices could easily get access to that by going into the document mm-hmm. picker. Like, what would be the harm in doing this other than iCloud chewing it all up? But in theory, that doesn't happen, right? In theory.
1: Right. It, it, it um, If you've got the space for it, you could totally do it. Um, 3.4 gigs is not a lot. My Yeah, my only hesitation, but if you buy a lot of extra storage space for, say, Photosync and you've got 200 gigs left over, then you're in really good shape. Um, my feeling is Dropbox gives you more information about what it's doing. Uh, iCloud Drive is a th- it-just-works kind of thing where I feel like I don't have a lot of feedback about, about what it's transferring and what it's not transferring. Uh, but yeah you've got cloud you've got cloud storage um i would say you might want to try it out with some stuff and see how it goes it does auto sync in the background it does a lot of those Dropboxy things And if you've got the space available, then take advantage of it and see if it works for you and if it makes your your life easier to have that stuff syncing across your devices. Um, I think it's a perfectly valid thing. I mean, I I, my take on iCloud Drive is that it's probably not the best product for somebody who is more finicky and and technical and wants you know people like like probably the listeners of the show who want to. Um you know, are not satisfied with with uh, you know a smaller solution when a bigger one that's more complicated and gives them more options will do, but you know icloud drive is is apple's attempt to do Dropbox for everybody I mean just super simple built in Dropbox essentially is what it is so so yeah, I'd say give it a try. I don't think it's going to eat your data and you can back it up because those files are on your hard drive they will they 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 should back up just fine. Um, so give it a try. I think I wouldn't copy maybe everything. I'd say try it with some of your documents that you use and see how it goes and maybe move some more then and like do a, do it gradually and see what happens. That's what I would say.
0: We actually have more uh, iCloud and space-related questions. This one comes from Michael. Um, I'm using photos of iCloud library enabled. The space in iCloud is vastly different to that on the disk. Is this normal? uh
1: hmm that's a good question i don't know if that's normal there are lots of weird things go on with space the the space that your photos library um lists is complicated um because it's first off there are like the hard links and stuff but the the it should be a rough roughly what what you're doing, although let's see, I mean, there's some things that don't sync, but the media all syncs. I don't know. Um, this is a good question. It could be that the way that the sizes are measured on the on on your local disk versus on the on, in the cloud are different. That they you know they actually measure the space differently. Um, it could be that you have duplicates that it shouldn't be that you have duplicates that that are are local that it doesn't bother because it knows that they're duplicates. Although that's possible. Um I don't think they transcode videos although they do transcode or convert your if you've got a lot of pings like screenshots and stuff those all get converted to jpegs which are much smaller so that's one example where things get converted so I don't know vastly different if it's still if it's done uploading and it says it's the same number of photos um in both places that is a little bit weird but I I don't. It's so early yet. I don't have any. I, I I don't have an experience to match this. So I'm not quite sure what's going on there. My only than,
0: thought on this was the optimized disk space thing. So you could have less on the disk because sure disk yes physically if it, less if on a disk.
1: If optimized disk space is turned on, that would be the case. Absolutely, that you wouldn't have all those photos on your disk. So the the space in iCloud would be vastly larger than the space on your disk. Um, but I don't. I don't know. I assumed that wasn't what he was asking, but I don't. I don't know. So there are some reasons, um, but I would say make sure that the you know the the number that you are seeing is the number that's in iCloud. That the, they it's not resizing your photos or anything like that. If you are doing iCloud photo photo library, it, it, it's not it's not resizing them, and in fact, it's keeping the originals and your edited versions. So it should be in the ballpark.
0: So this next question comes from Will and uh Will has asked upgrade, curious to know what uh our thoughts are on SoundCloud's podcast platform update. Um and mentioned that timed comments seem like an interesting thing. Yeah, so, so this is out of beta now.
1: Yeah, it's been there for a long time. In fact, we used this on the Macworld and and uh and Clockwise podcast back at IDG because we were in the beta and and our um our chapter marks. Mike came through as comments in SoundCloud, which is kind of interesting. Um, and people can leave comments and it's a kind of a cool, a cool idea. Um, I don't know a lot of the details. It, it, when it was in beta, it, it was kind of weird. It was like hard to find the download URL. SoundCloud really wanted plays. If you weren't a podcast app, they really wanted the the plays to be in their embedded player, which is a problem because sometimes you want the MP3 URL to pass somewhere uh, or to link to. And so it got kind of frustrating, like they were playing hide the hide the MP3 with the user, which I really didn't like. I um, also didn't love the fact that they showed every play, so like everybody knew if you use SoundCloud, everybody knows exactly how many people downloaded every episode that you did. I never. I
0: checked this. You can turn that off.
1: Yeah. So so this is the thing: is it, it, it seems to not do that anymore. Um, so that's cool, and I think they got better about the download URL thing too so I, I think it's great that there's another player. I taught a class um, I mentioned this on a previous show about podcasting and then I just spoke at this uh, at this conference about podcasting. One of the questions is how, where do I put my files and there are not a lot of great answers because your your web hoster is probably not going to get behind you posting an hour of podcast every week um, you you at some point are going to need somebody to 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 host that stuff and adding SoundCloud to the list adds another player here and SoundCloud seems to really want to be the you know the the container of sound on the internet and so them supporting podcasting is really cool uh, that that said um I don't use it uh and I don't know if I would want things like uh, formal commenting from listeners on SoundCloud because then it's on SoundCloud and it's on their site and it's not on my site it's not on relay it's not on Incomparable, it's, it's over on SoundCloud, and that's what they want, is they want to draw everybody to their platform. So I like, I like it as another option, and for some people it may be really great. I'm not entirely sure it's one that I particularly want to participate in, but maybe. I think it's great that it's finally public because that was in beta for, like what, two years, something like that? A long time.
0: So when people used to ask me about SoundCloud before and like why I didn't use them or what I thought about them, I said I wasn't going to go near it until they had a business model because during the beta yep. it was just free. And now they have a ba- a business model, which is awesome because you can pay, right? And you get upload time increases and you get ad- additional statistic information, which is kind of like what Libsyn has as well, right? The more you pay, the more data you get. But I would still not go with them myself, um, I may say check them out if you're interested. And mine is because the company that I use Libsyn have been in business for over 10 years and they've been mm. doing this for 10 years and I know that what they do works. I haven't used SoundCloud. I'm not interested in using a brand, not a brand new, but a, a new thing when my old thing works great. Like yeah. Especially for yeah. something which for me is so important. I might test it out and play around a little bit more, but for now, I'm going to stick
1: where I am. Right. Well, it's it's nice that there are more options. You're right. It does actually make a lot of us uneasy when it's something that's being given away for free. Instead of, I, I feel good about paying Libsyn. As strange as it sounds, it's like, look, I on some levels, I feel like, given how much data is being transferred there, I'm not sure I'm paying them enough, honestly, but I'm glad that they have a business and I'm paying them. I, I feel like comfortable in that and with SoundCloud it's like why are they giving everybody free podcasting what's the what's the end game here and like I said I think maybe the end game is you get your to host your podcast and we get your content in our ecosystem where we can auto tag it and connect it to other things and just kind of keep people in SoundCloud but that's a little like YouTube, right? And we know how the YouTubers feel about everybody being in YouTube is there may come a time when they say, we're going to put ads in your content. And if you want to sell ads, you need to cut us in or you need to, you know, you need to go somewhere else. But we're really the only game in town. And that's the scary part of, the, of that kind of situation. But, you know, the SoundCloud people are cool. I've met them. You know, I, I met I met some of them when I was in Berlin a few years ago. Um, and it's a, it's a cool service. And I think people should check it out. But... Um, they should also check out Libsyn and uh, see if their ISP lets them post files for their podcast too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's good. Um, I like people making. I like businesses making tools for podcasters because that doesn't happen a lot, and I'm. It's a good sign that there's more of that now. And last question today from Rob: uh, What
0: does the Apple Watch? We talked spoke just a little bit about this earlier. What does the Apple Watch consider exercise that fills the ring, the exercise ring? Is it based on heart rate? I assume that is the case. Yeah,
1: I think it's time above a target heart rate. I think that's what it is. It's like you have to have enough time above the target heart rate. That's, you know, aerobic exercise. That's like, you're, you if you don't lift your heart rate, like walking is great, being active and not sedentary. But if your heart doesn't go above a certain rate that it's, you know, whatever it's, it's using as its baseline, um, it doesn't consider that exercise because you're not, you know, it's nice to take uh, a walk. But um, but if you're not raising your heart rate, you're not really getting exercise.
0: Yeah, that makes sense to me. I, I wondered if you knew, uh. But I, if you don't, then that, that I makes don't. Sense.
1: That's my. I think that's my educated guess, but I don't know for sure.
0: Cool. So uh, spoiler horn time.
1: Right. So I I didn't want to spend a ton of time on this. Um, sure, because this is not Mike watches a movie.
0: You know. Yeah, we're doing that next week. Next week. Um so I need to watch a movie this week. And mm-hmm. uh and of course you did a great episode of The Incomparable that I'm about halfway through. Um which is a lot of fun. Uh Andy isn't totally breaking my heart yet. No. Um
1: he's kind of slightly breaking it. Andy's not feeling the magic of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's true, but I think I think it it him question him not lo- absolutely loving it and questioning I think Andy has a lot – Andy and has a lot of existential thoughts about like, you know, is this a movie or is it part of a franchise? Did did we get what we, you know, did we get what we paid for versus could they have been a little more, you know, ambitious and in certain ways? And I, I like – um I like being challenged by Andy. He didn't. He didn't sort of like hijack the the podcast where we all end up just kind of pelting him with questions, which is sort of what happened with the first Avengers episode we did. Um, but you know, I think Andy raises a lot of valid points. It, it, what I said in the on the podcast about. About that we did yesterday about Age of Ultron is it's kind of like not a movie. It's like something new. This is a new... These franchise continuing story feature films, they have to be feature films because they need to charge people a lot of money. They need to earn a billion dollars to pay for these giants, all these special effects and the actors and all that. But they're kind of not movies, right? They're they're installments in a collection of things. It's not a TV series quite, but it's not a, a just a movie either. Like I remember when I saw the sixth Harry Potter movie, I, I, I very much had the reaction like, they should have put a previously on Harry Potter at the beginning, because really what I was watching was two and a half hours of the latest episode of an you know an annual released television series that goes to theaters, but is much more like a television series. It's re- recurrent characters, we see them again, it's the next year, what's the next story? There's a story arc, and then there's an individual plot in the movie, but there's a bigger story arc. And the Marvel movies are like that. I feel like the Star Wars movies are probably going to be like that too. DC wants to do it with their superhero movies. So, I thought, Andy asked some interesting Interesting, challenging questions about like the nature of what are you trying to get out of this thing, and is this a movie you enjoy, or is it kind of part of a larger thing? And yeah, he totally isn't under the spell of it, but at the same time, he thought it was better than the last one and saw the positive as well as the negative in it. And I thought that was a, I thought was a good conversation to have because they are these are not like you know movies as we used to think of them. These are franchise installments or something. Um, That all said, I had a great time. (laughs) So. I I really liked it. Did you like it? I loved it. Absolutely loved it. I got to see it like
0: 10 days ago because it was released early in the UK. This so was the premiere was here and yeah. my understanding was the government gave like a ton of money to to Disney. Um, it's like in tax breaks and stuff. They shot a lot of it here. And it's a thing that's happening more and more, especially with the Marvel movies. Many of the Marvel movies, including the last Iron Man movie, were released earlier by like two weeks nearly in the UK, which is great for me because we very rarely, Disney is typically very bad with this, with their animation. They release things here like a month, two months, three months late. It's really weird. And it was one movie, I can't remember which one it was, one of the Pixar movies, where it was getting ready to be released on video in the US <laughs> before it came out here, so you know it can suck, and I don't really understand why. But um, yeah. we got it a bit early, which is great. And I think the thing that that I've heard so far that that I didn't agree with, especially uh, with Andy, and I think a couple other people on the panel, was the action scenes. I loved every single one of them. Huh. The fight scenes, the fight scenes that were confusing, I loved them because they were confusing. Because huh. I feel like they were meant to be. They were meant to just be chaos like you just the fog of
1: war crazy stuff is happening yeah like the know. first one
0: yeah. like the first the first one like the first scene Like the, the first assault on scene. the
1: castle-y thing yeah
0: and it was just kind of like for me it was like this is all crazy no one really knows what's going on because the avengers felt kind of ambushed in that scenario for the amount of people that were there right and then it was kind of just like here is a bunch of superheroes like smashing into stuff like for a bit and Mm -hmm. i feel like it was kind of like let's get this one out of the way because the other
1: ones later had more meaning to them yeah um And it was kind of just... I mean, not to get all meta on it, but, you know, you could argue... I I feel like sometimes I was arguing this last night to not a lot of reaction is... um, The action is there because people want action and the action was great and there are those moments that look like comic book panels and and although I have some problems with the opening, the great thing about the opening is it establishes the characters. That they're fighting kind of is beside the point, uh, character-wise, plot-wise. It's... You know, it opens the movie with a bang, but that's also, you know, what's I think the most important thing in that entire 20 minutes is the dialogue. It's the it's the interactions, it's the humor and the interactions between the characters. It's like the, the explosions make it all go down better. But, you know, what we're really doing is like checking in with your friends that you haven't seen for a while. And what are they up to? Oh, they're assaulting a castle. Tell me more, right? And uh. there
0: were also some parts there that were set up for the rest of the movie, like Captain America and Thor are now like a duo. That yeah. wasn't in any other movie, but now they're like, they use each other to
1: make their own attacks more, uh, they hit harder, right? Yeah, so I like, love hitting the hammer with the, uh, or hitting using the hammer to hit the shield yep. is a pretty awesome
0: move. There was a bunch of that. And, and just in general, there was a lot more, especially in the action scenes, interplay between the characters, which shows them as a team. And I really loved yep. all of that.
1: That's the whole point of the movie is, I mean, Serenity on The Incomparable called it a, uh, a capstone of the you see everybody in their own movies and then this is where you get them together and the whole point is yes it is overstuffed but the whole point is you get to see them together that's that's why you do a team up it's like you know hey iron man thor captain america blackwood they're they're all talking to each other and the hulk and they're all you know we don't we don't get to see that when they're off doing other movies but here they're all together bouncing off each other and that's fun i was very
0: happy for the character development in general yeah um hawkeye's character development like that whole arc of like he seems to be crazy again oh it seems like he's working for the other side right there's that whole like you know, I don't know if you caught that, but like when he's on the phone and he's saying like, yes, mom, oh, they yeah. really work for you. And I was like, "Ooh, Hydra. And then it was like, oh, no, wait, family on a farm. And it's like, what is this? And I love when they go to the farm. I don't know if I hope other people will get this reference. It reminded me of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie when they go to like the super sad house. Do you remember that? It's like one yeah. of one of the the turtles' movies, and they go to like this weird house in the country, and they hang yeah. out for a few days, and everyone's sad. I, I,
1: I know nothing about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but I totally get it. it's you you're you know your defeated heroes have to like lick their wounds and rededicate themselves to. Um, I love scenes like that in in these kinds of movies where they have to, you know, talk. They, they have to talk amongst themselves, and it's good for character moments. And then they rededicate themselves, and then they go back out and fight the fight the bad guy again. It's it's good stuff. And I thought they did a really great job of it. And in the uh, in the yeah, Hawkeye's Hawkeye's secret farm with his secret wife, who is Linda Cardellini from Freaks and Geeks. And I had that moment of like, has it been that long that now she plays a mom? <laughs> she was a high school student just like the other day on Freaks and Geeks, and now she's Hawkeye's wife. But um, but uh, I thought she was great. That's a that that's a hard part to just be. Well, you're going to be the wife and mom of a superhero, and you know. But they did some good casting, and she was really great and that was just all
0: very unexpected and i was very very happy to to have all of that um i i liked uh i see the criticism uh but i liked the black widows um in, in, increased storyline as well uh-huh. um I, I understand why it upsets people and i get it about it being uh that she's in love with someone but it was kind of the same for bruce banner as well like we kind yes. of if you've only i mean <laughs> If you look at Mark Ruffalo's character, like Mark Ruffalo has had the least amount of time in the movies potentially. Exactly. Um, he has
1: absolutely had the least amount. He's only in the other Avengers movie. That's it. And I and I think, I mean, I don't know, I'd really like to see what what Marvel
0: and Disney's take on if the previous Hulk movies are canon or not.
1: Well, so the the Angley one isn't, but the Edward Norton one is. Okay. And that's the one that's got Tony Stark having a drink with the general in the like one scene to, to make it kind of like tied in, but not. But, you know, I, I, I kind of want a Hulk and Black Widow movie now. Yes, because they, if they're afraid of doing a Hulk movie and Black Widow's in all the S.H.I.E.L.D. movies. I mean, you could argue that although she hasn't had a, she hasn't been a title character, she is super important in Winter Soldier she's i mean she is a key to that that film she is as important in winter soldier as captain america is i think i think that's right i mean it's like her and nick fury and captain america is what that movie is It's like a buddy cop movie though yeah it is it is we're down at the police station except it's super it's a super police station (laughs) um super corrupt nazi police so you're right. I mean, we need to be on guard on the trope of like, oh sure, the only woman in the Avengers and she's got a love interest. But at the same time, the Hulk, you know, Bruce Banner, that that is that is uh it's happening to both of them. Um they also it's not a, st- a relationship from the comics, so I feel like it's also a reaction to how great they were together in the first Avengers movie, which they were. And and saying, well, that's really interesting. And I think it does. The thing is, yeah, we can talk about, you know, does this put her in a girlfriend context? And and that can be an issue. But I love that it tells us some things about her character. I think I, I really enjoyed the scene where she says, everybody I know wants to kill people. I'm surrounded everybody I know is is in the business of killing and hurting people and breaking things and you are the only person I know who doesn't want to do it <laughs> who's fighting with everything they've got to not kill people and I like that cuz that's like that's what's interesting about Banner right is he is as reluctant as you can get and so she's the fact that she's attracted to that because he's the un you know he's the resistance. Uh, also, that she's sort of like the the Hulk Whisperer now is also kind of cool because we remember that she was really terrified of the the Hulk in the first Avengers movie on the helicopter carrier. That's kind of a cool little bit too. So I thought that was fun. I think I do think you got to be on guard, but I think generally, um, I think Joss Whedon did a good job uh, making Black Widow um, have more depth and uh, be a more interesting character. And uh, so I thought that was good.
0: I did take from it as well that that she was the one with the control in the relationship, um, which was a different it, yeah. kind of take, you know, especially if you're saying like, I get like the idea of the girlfriend complex, but I would argue that potentially Bruce Banner fills that role because he is like, she has actual control over him. Um, And if you were looking at it like the way that those things are usually played out, it maybe was slightly flipped. At least that was the way that I Mm -hmm. took from it. Because she she actually has control over him um, by, you know, and and not only (laughs) just his emotions, but she's the only one that can control the Hulk. Which is very interesting as a thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, um, I liked, I, I liked, I liked all that stuff. What else? What else you got? This is, you know, I, I talked about it for an hour and a half yes yesterday. So I'm I really, in what else I got. really
0: liked and saw the idea of let's not kill everyone. Um, I liked uh-huh. that. Uh, I feel like that they didn't take it too far, in my opinion. Like the idea of searching, scanning buildings, checking for civilians. Like, I appreciated that and uh-huh. liked that. And felt that they dealt, did a really good job with that. I genuinely believe, though, that like raising that town above the rest of the earth was like a metaphor of all of that kind of stuff. Like, this is an isolated area, um, and I really loved Ren's uh, idea of this in The incomparable. That it was everybody was reacting that way because of PTSD from New York. Didn't think of it yeah. that way. Thought that was really smart.
1: I I agree. The idea that they went through a situation where there was this horrible destruction and that they were trying not to. And although although I I do agree that you know you can read it as a commentary on like Man of Steel. Yeah, I think, I think bro- it was a
0: commentary on Man of Steel, but the like the in story reason is because of New York.
1: Yeah, well, and I think it's broader than that. I think I think that I think I, I think it's it's also just like these these are who our heroes are. Is that? I mean, there's that moment where Hawkeye, who we've been set up being like, oh, he's totally gonna die because we've seen all the signs of him saying goodbye to his wife and kids and all that stuff, right? But and he sees the kid trapped under the rubble, and he's sitting in his safe, you know, little chair, and he and he has a look on his face. He's like, oh, "Geez, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go out there. Probably gonna get me killed, but I can't leave that kid there." Was very surprised they killed off Quicksilver.
0: That surprised me. That seemed like a really good character with a lot of space well, to grow.
1: So here's the thing. Quicksilver is not really much of an Avenger. He's much more of an X-Men character. And Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch are shared between the X-Men and and Avengers franchises. And there was a Quicksilver in the latest X-Men movie, in fact. So in hindsight, I'm not surprised they killed him off. Because um, he's not really an Avengers kind of character. And Scarlet Witch is is very much an Avengers character. So... It sort of makes sense. Like, they don't really need him. They, they go together. They're a pair. They're brother and sister. They're the children of Magneto, except they can't say that in this movie because they don't own Magneto. That is a different studio that has Magneto. Um, but, uh, but that actually leads into something that I, that I also wanted to point out, which is when I started to read comics, uh, Avengers comics, in the 80s, the two leaders of the, of the Avengers were not Iron Man and Captain America. They were the Vision and the Scarlet Witch. And so seeing Vision and the Scarlet Witch, and they even put a scene because Joss Whedon is not that much older than me. He even put in a scene where Vision flies and saves her, and like puts his arms around her and lifts her up into the air. And I thought, ooh, because they're married in the comics. At least in the '80s, they were married. The um, Vision and the Scarlet Witch, and they were the power couple of the Avengers. And uh, so it was fun to see those characters because that's those are sort of like my Avengers are the, are are a little more like the Avengers we see at the end of the movie, where it's the Vision and the Scarlet Witch. Um, in the mix, so that was a lot of fun actually to see those characters. And I thought Vision was really neat because it's Paul Bettany who's been the voice of Jarvis all along, and now he gets to be an you know the android, you know, with a with a red uh, skin and the little mind gem, and he's floating around with his cape. And I thought that was kind of cool. That and I I like that plot twist that Ultron's building his you know evolved body to rule over uh, the Earth, and uh, they t- they steal it and replace him with Jarvis and create the vision. That was a lot of fun.
0: I liked that whole character creation. I liked all of that. I'm very interested in, like, what is next for the Avengers now? Because the movie kind of sets it up at the end, like new Avengers. And it's like, whoa, but now I don't understand where, like, everybody fits. And I guess that's the next, like, two years worth of movies to tell me how that all works out. Um, I'm... I was I was very happy with the movie overall. I really, really enjoyed it. I came away from it and had very good feelings yeah. about it and
1: It was fun. I, I, I enjoyed it a lot and and my, and my family was trying to see it this weekend and they didn't make it, so I'm gonna have to see it with them next weekend and you know what? I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to watching it again. Yeah. It was uh it was a lot of fun. And and I, I do think given where they're going i think we are going to be in one of those situations where we're going to have a movie where the you know the new avengers are really involved these these new new people we've been introduced to and then there's going to be that moment where they have to kind of call in you know tony stark out of retirement to help solve whatever you know i i think some of that may go on um but it'll be fun you know, you can lose track of your characters when you have too many characters, and that's true. But also, how long are all these actors going to be able to do these parts? So I think that I think it's good to have some of those new characters in the mix. Because, like, Robert Downey Jr. is not going to want to be Tony Stark, or at least be Tony Stark as Iron Man doing lots of stunts and stuff for a whole lot longer, you th- you think. So good to have some other people who can come in and, and you know, fly around and stuff. You bet. So thumbs up from me. Yeah. I Yay. liked it. And next week, we are going to talk about Raiders of the Lost Ark. We are which indeed. You, which you have not yet seen. Which I have not yet seen. Mm. So that's that's
0: something to look out for next week. Awesome. But that about wraps it up for this week's mm-hmm. episode. If you want to catch our show notes, you can go to relay.fm slash upgrade slash um, 35. If you want to find us online, there's a couple of ways you can do that. I am at imike, I-M-Y-K-E. And Jason is at jsnell, l on Twitter. He is also the... Editor in chief over at sixcolors.com, along with, uh, you know, help from people like Mr. Dan Warren, who I would like to issue a formal apology for, for everything we've done to his house during this (laughs) week's episode. Um, Thanks again to our sponsors this week, our good friends over at Linda, Making Light, and MailRoute, and we'll be back next time. Till then, say goodbye, Jason Snell. Alexa, kill Dan.